Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. A lot of consumers who couldn't get airtime and data for their Easter calls weren't happy at all. Same for other bank operators aside Zenit Bank, but those whose Easter seemed to have been perfect seemed to be the fintechs. Anyway, since it seemed like a botched Easter gift, we'll start with it. And if you didn't get the gist, MTN kind of invited fintechs to the airtime and data jumbo party without telling its partners, the banks, and it was like the war Jesus fought with the devil before resurrection. Well, it all seemed like the banks were losing until the hand of God came to their rescue and they resurrected with their savior. Experts hope that this is a win that lasts for long. Well, Away with all the jargons and the metaphors and ironies, let's speak in plain terms. The real gist is in the next 30 minutes. On the 2nd of April 2021, Nigerian customers of telecom giant MTN could no longer buy airtime from their banks using the unstructured supplementary service data USSD codes. If this had happened on the 1st of April, it would have been the biggest April Fool's Day of the decade. But this was not on April Fool's Day and it was nowhere close to being a joke or a prank to those who really couldn't access this service. Now, how did we get here? Nigeria's biggest telco by far, MTN, reduced the commission for banks from an average of 4.5% to 2.5% after months of back and forth and negotiations. According to reports, this didn't go down well with the banks and they outrightly rejected this. To drive home their points, the banks threatened to block MTN customers from buying airtime and they followed through with this threat on 2nd of April 2021 with the exception of Zenith Bank which, aside all of other legacy banks, blocked millions of MTN customers from buying airtime. So why was this even a big deal in the first place? Before the introduction and popularity of the USSD codes, airtime recharge was sold as physical paper vouchers by thousands of agents across Nigeria, but it has since moved almost totally online with USSD codes and other internet-enabled transactions via smartphone applications. Now, a lot of people rely on USSD codes because they do not need internet connection or a smartphone, thinking of how internet connection is unstable in Nigeria. Now, challenger banks and fintechs swooped in immediately upon seeing the chance. The likes of Kuda, Carbon, Ope and others who didn't block MTN customers from buying airtime with the USSD and MTN also invited some others who could serve as alternative to the traditional or legacy banks. This brought about a conversation on the possible imminent takeover by fintechs and challenger banks in providing the much popular airtime purchase and data recharge. Although a lot of people looked forward to a showdown, regulatory bodies swiftly waded in to resolve the issue and on the 4th of April 2021, MTN Nigeria said it had agreed to restore the commission of banks to 4.5%. And subscribers were able again to use their banks to buy airtime. It is clear that this resolution has the writings of the regulatory body all over it. But the question now is for how long can the regulatory bodies continue to influence such decisions and how long can they remain productive? Experts say that the disruption by fintechs and the evolution of traditional or legacy banks are imminent and cannot be held back. So today we ask in this telco versus bank struggle, is the botched Easter gift something that the fintechs will take control of or something that they would finally get a hold of or has the showdown opened up Pandora's box? 
To discuss this with us today is a banker known across social media as online banker where he simplifies banking terms and trends, Stanley Onora. Welcome to the conversation, Stanley. Thank you very much, Mr. Ibe. Good to be on the program today. Yeah, let's start with helping people listen, understand what exactly the issues are. Because to most end users, to most people who just use these services, it seems like another problem yeah. with Nigeria, like Nigeria is trying to cause another thing for them. With what's been happening, I'm sure a lot of people have been asking, just like we introduction said, where they were like, why can't I recharge? People weren't even aware that there was an ongoing dispute between the banks and telcos. But this all started like way back 2019. When the banks were and the telcos sat together, also with financial inclusion, the USSD codes were gaining popularity. People could check their balances, which was mostly what they were doing at the initial stage. They were checking their balances with their USSD codes. One of the frontiers after then was GT Bank, which was really popular. Before a lot of banks found out that it was a huge money maker and it was a way of breaching the financial inclusion. The crowds were building up in the banks, people were opening up accounts. So if you check the population of Nigerians at 150 million, imagine everybody having bank accounts and deciding to go to the bank. It was not sustainable. So they needed any avenue that could take people away from the bank. And one of it was the USSD code. It made it easier for people to check the balances, which was what people, 50% of people were coming to do in the bank. Check my balance, how much can I transfer? How much can I take from my... So the banks agreed. They came with the whole zero USSD code thing that they said between the financial, the mobile network operators and the financial service providers. And they said, okay, let's agree. We want financial inclusion. So how do we get people to use this at minimal cost? So they agreed that it will be zero cost charge on those things like checking your balance and the number of those services. And that continued. But by, by 2019, 2020, one of the things that accelerated the most was the whole COVID. Was the whole COVID. You realize that over the year, year on year, the USSD, USSD services were increasing. Online services in general, of which USSD was a huge part of it, was increasing by almost 200% across the bank. So people were jumping into it. Maybe you are stranded, you are somewhere, and you just need to buy airtime, or you need to just make a quick recharge, and you couldn't get to the bank. People are just telling you, oh, why don't you try your bank's code? Why don't you try your bank's code? I think I remember the Funk Diamond Bank. They didn't have the USSD code to very late. And by the time they jumped on the USSD code wagon, the amount they made in the USSD baffled them. That was where this whole thing started. And then the mobile service providers were saying, okay, this has come this far. And the volume that's coming through this is becoming too much. And we need to maintain this infrastructure. So we need a payment agreement between you, the bank, because you're charging customers for some of the services. For you to pay us some money, we cannot be doing zero cost. So was that for the back and forth? Okay, how much are we going to pay? Is this this is this right? Okay, so now I'm thinking of the fact that NCC in 2019, you mentioned zero cost per service, and I'm thinking NCC in yes. 2019 said something about determination fee for USSD doesn't apply to zero rated USSD services. For now, up until the last time I checked, actually, it still doesn't apply to certain services like customer service, balance inquiry, purchase of airtime, data services, etc. These things related to telecom services. But then all the things that have been happening, especially the news updates and the conversations and negotiations it seems like there would most likely be a change now the recent 
6.98 naira flat fee does this have anything to do with the currently zero rated ussc services will anything change does anything change so far let me quickly clarify that per session is 20 seconds on the ussc platform so every 20 seconds is session and then for transaction like that for the whole transaction of the yotsu you dial for example star 9990 and then you start with balance inquiry and you do this and then you do that until your service times out with the network that then counts as one transaction or then you have to start again but the procession is 20 seconds so what the banks agreed prior to 2019 was that every session of ussd will have been was paid to be charged at four naira i don't know mtn sent some text to some customers back into i think 2019 that they were going to charge them four naira for every USSD transaction was carried out. Then the regulators came in, that's put NCC and then CBN, they waited in on like, no, you can't do this. It was against the whole financial inclusion thing. And then they came to an agreement of 1.63 naira per session, which they felt was like a like a huge plus that 1.63 naira will be charged per session. So if you have 20, 20, 20 seconds, probably if you want to send money, you can do that within the 20 seconds. So one session will be enough for you. So it's so, but they came to that agreement, but the banks had agreed to it and they felt like they were not remitting that money. And this agreed to end user billing. So let me put that together. End user billing is where they said the banks before then were charging customers, then will remit it to you. The banks now agree that, no, you charge the customers directly. So you have this, if you use the USSD code, we create the platform where you charge the customers directly. And mobile service providers were saying, okay, when you charge these customers directly, does it mean that you, the bank, will still charge the customers for other services? They were like, okay, if you're going to charge them, if we're going to charge them once, we don't want you to charge them. You see where that friction comes in. The banks need to make money, according to them, because they are offering services to their customers. And then on the other side, the mobile network providers who do not want that extra charge on consumers. So that whole back and forth is what has been creating this. So any reduction now is going to hit the bottom line. But everybody's fighting for that so from what you asked you said if i get you correctly you talked about the zero rated yeah services. so for now it still applies to the zero they have not implemented it if you notice they haven't still even implemented the 6.98 there it hasn't been implemented so for now everything still remains the way it is Okay, so the banks have been crying wolf since this whole conversation started and it seems they have the backing of the regulatory bodies and let's see the government against the telcos. Give us more insight into why the banks seem pained. Like It seemed like the telcos agreed to something and then they went behind their backs and did something else totally different. Okay, at the moment, you know it was not just telcos. This whole issue was just empty most other service providers were still on. This was just an MTN issue. If you notice, you could still do your transactions with other telcos. Then MTN decided on their own to cut back and they came up with a new pricing method and said, oh, this is what we want to do and we're going ahead with it. And the banks felt like, no, MTN is actually the biggest financial provider in Nigeria. doesn't mean that if we allow you to do this, then other telcos are going to come in and it's going to be a precedence for them to take such actions. And they decided they were going to cut them off. But they went back to the regulators and were like, okay, MTN cannot act this way because this is going to directly impact a lot of people. So we're talking about Nigerians here. When that happened, you could count the number of Nigerians that were affected by this. A lot of people had to start looking for alternative means 
of charging their phones, which they were few, aside, I think, Zenith Bank customers and then the fintech. So they went back to the regulators, and the regulators will always listen to the plight of, they will look at the product view, which are the masses, and say, okay, how is this impacting the masses? If this impacts the masses negatively, and they'll be like, no, 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 no. And that's most likely how it plays out across board. So anybody that can play to what the markets want, easier for you to get the buying of the regulators until maybe a middle ground is found. So that's why it looked like, okay, MTN took this decision, then the banks went back, and because they are as powerful as each other, let me just put it that way. So something very interesting happened with the fintechs coming in. MTN literally invited the fintechs to this mobile money party, which they have for the majority of the time being onlookers. Will this party bring the much-needed financial inclusion soccer to Nigerians? Because, of course, it seems like the regular traditional banks have failed to accomplish this. Or will this just be the proverbial chop-I-chop scenario where everyone just gets settled at the end of the day? This is interesting. You can tell that fintechs have been growing for the past few years, especially amongst the young people. The future of banking is online. So that's why the banks are not relenting. Now that the fintechs have been brought in, the fintechs have uh, limited in their scope. Let me put it that way. Have you tried buying airtime with one of the fintechs? I think I have, okay. but just one of them. Did you use your card? No, I didn't, I didn't need to use my card. I just funded my wallet and I used my wallet to make the transactions. Yeah, so now that's where we have a bit of cost. Now, the fintechs need wallet, which a lot of people at the moment do not have access to. So you have those market women on the street selling cola nuts, somebody selling gary. They use these short codes from their bank and it's easier for them. But telling them to go online, download an app and get a wallet, it's going to be a bit them that is where the banks have an edge at the moment but going into the future if this is played out really well the future is actually mobile where a lot of people have access to mobile phones and have wallets and then can easily cut out banks so banks are trying to hedge against that and are trying to create their own version of that but for the moment i do not know the banks have the edge have the customer base and they have the structure so they are going to beat them to it you may also want to add they have the backing of the regulatory bodies right so let's look at those who are the SMEs within this space, those giving extended services, the mobile money people, the smaller fintechs who are involved in making some money. I call it the like making a cent from the dollar, making a cover from the naira that the telcos and the banks make from these services. Are they included in this conversation in any way? And will they be impacted in any way with however this conversation goes? Yeah, they have already been impacted, especially in regards to MTN, which is MTN came up with a classification and they said they had their category A, category B, before they had category C. And category C was from 50 million monthly, this monthly, 50 million to 100 million. This was category C. Then the category B was from 100 million to 500 million. Then the category A, I think from 500 million to, I think, 5 billion. So MTN came up with the reclassification where they cut out the category C. and said, okay, from 100 million, up to, I think, one, sorry, 100 million up to 1 billion. That gives you the category. That makes you category B. So if you do not fall within this, go and work harder to fall within this bracket. And if you are under this, I'll continue off. So some people have already been affected by it. Those guys that do not aggregate up to 100 million every month from airtime recharge. And you see that those are smaller fintech companies. 
that do not have that customer base. So this is still an advantage for the big players, for the likes of the Zenith Bank, Axis Bank, the GP Bank, and the rest of them that have that customer base that people recharge from regularly. So for now, yes, it has affected a lot of small players. And from MTN's justification, they said, looking at the volume that this will command every month, some of them command as much as $5 billion every month. Paying them that percentage or reducing that percentage to them, they didn't feel like paying because he was the ones providing the service for them to make the calls. All you're just doing is collection. On the other hand, the banks are saying, we are the ones that make it possible for you to get this money. And then coming to reduce because we are commanding a high volume. We are commanding a high volume because we are selling this aggressively to the customers and telling them, recharge, recharge, recharge. And we are remitting the money to you. And that is why it's growing. So for the moment, those guys providing the service, smaller players are going to be. But on the flip side, where they are bringing in fintech, so you can see CUDA, you saw OP, saw Premier Wallet, and the rest of them that came into the space now. Where they are saying, they've always had this option. But because they are smaller, their structure doesn't demand that much cost. Unlike the banks, that their costs are normally as high, a lot of people on their payroll. The small fintechs with a smaller infrastructure are able to attend to this because from the onset, they were built that way. So fintechs do not need to have 10,000 workers. No, that's not the way they're structured. So they can say, okay, yeah, the 2.5% you're offering or 2.7% you're offering. Well, it sounds good to us. If we can integrate our platform with yours and do our cost-benefit analysis, I think it's good for us. But the big players are saying no. There's the side of greed where they are saying, no, you can't just do this to us by big boys. And then the side where they are saying, okay, they're looking at the cost of maintaining their infrastructure. And then they're looking at their shareholders and saying, okay, if you give this, if you do this, reducing this cost will bring us from like a revenue of like 1. something billion to about 400 million. And that's such a huge amount. And they're not willing to take that big loss. So yes, the small players are going to get burnt. But if they have this arrangement, like I told you before, the fintechs do not have the reach at the moment. They do not have the mass market. I think that the critical mass here is the mass market. And they do not have that mass market. And that's the mass market. They are the ones that do the anti recharge of 15 era, 100 era, 17 era, then borrow airtime, then pay back with 17 era. Yeah, so do you think this little small showdown has opened up the opportunity for fintechs to take this area more seriously and work on it? upscale grow themselves and maybe drag the rug off the feet from under the feet of the traditional big banks there's a saying in my place that says that when a woman marries two husbands she knows which one then she appreciates the older one that if the other one isn't treating him right or then she can then compare one of the worst things the person can do to their business is giving their customers the opportunity to experience other things because most times you might not have it all you might be fantastic in, co- in customer service and then the person has a better product offering. So the person might come to you for customer service and go to the other person for product offering and then your cake is split 50-50. So what this is going to do is that fintechs are going to take it more seriously and they are going to try as much as possible to fight that fight and they are going to get a chunk of it. They're going to improve their services. They're going to, as much as possible, find ways of making it easier for people to access their airtime. Do whichever means that they come up, whichever innovative way, because they're innovative. They're smaller. They can innovate over a week, over a month. They can come up with something that has cutting-edge technology that can take a few chunk of what the banks are offering at the moment. So we've been looking at who benefits what, who exactly is going to be affected, looking at the major players. But no matter what angles and perspectives or sides to this conversation, we still want to fall back to financial inclusion for nigerians as the ultimate goal 
because that's like the original thoughts now the 2040 goal of financial inclusion is it a dream in wonderland or will this recent shake-up mean that we are finally getting closer to it that's a tricky one because nigeria we've come to see something with not just our regulation with the way we come up with policies so it's like two steps forward one step backward now if customers increasingly get charged for using ussd services gets like double charges say from the banks and the flat fee and banks being as creative as it can be with trying to push down the cost to customers you realize that a lot of people will start to withdraw from the service that's ussd service and that includes a market woman that normally charges 100 naira wouldn't want to pay extra if she was paying say two naira She's not willing to pay 7 or 10 naira for recharging 100 naira. So they begin to cut back. So I think that with time, an ongoing conversation, and I think the stakeholders know this, and they're going to find a way to make it cheaper because it makes no sense that you're trying to bring in people and when you've brought them in now, you're charging them more and you're eliminating the very essence of why you brought them one whole financial inclusion. So yes, 2020 is still possible. We've seen our fintechs doing wonders around the world. The internet penetration increasing across the world as a whole, Africa being a very major talking point. You realize that so many plugins will have wallets in the future, so many plugins will have smartphones. Smartphones, because of smartphones are reducing, people can get smartphones as low as 5,000 5, now, and it's increasingly going to get cheaper. So, with that access, we'll have people that then will be able to have alternatives. I hope that this actually solves the problem of financial inclusion at the end of the day because whether or not it's the fintechs or the telcos or the banks challenger banks traditional banks legacy banks nigerians are not exactly concerned all they want is for the service that they pay for to be granted them and for them to be included one way or the other in making sure that they can transact seamlessly and this would go a long way into helping nigeria achieve its sustainable development goals and lifting the about 100 million people out of poverty thank you very much for the time thank you for the conversation thank you for the insight you're welcome thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the shows here on africatechradio.com